Welcome back to Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Uh, I've got Elaine Goodlad. We'll call her my sister, for, sister the, for all intents and purposes of this show. My uh, my sister. <clears throat> she's not really my sister, actually. She's my ex-wife, but we are brother and sister now. Today's show is brought to you by blessedbodywear.com. What, what's new in Blessed Bodywear this week, Elaine? We have some brand new tees. They're really cute. They've got kind of a capped type sleeve but just the really cute cut and they hang nice and plus bodywear.com shoulder yeah and i think my favorite pants are those starburst the starburst pants by far the starbursts are just gorgeous i think they look good on everybody i, I not on me i haven't tried them on i was gonna say maybe not everybody <laughs> maybe not everybody but no they look pretty cool and uh, and as well uh, Susie bell at uh, silver bullet anti-aging Thank you, Susie, for supporting the show, and we certainly support Susie because she's made a huge change in all of our lives, yours, mine, Anna's. We're all patients of Susie's uh, anti-aging, hormone replacement therapy. If you're tired, if you can't focus, if you're moody, if you're all that stuff and you feel like you're just getting old and sex is a difficult thing or something you're uninterested in, give Susie, Susie a call. <laughs> <laughs> and not for the reasons you may think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. Yeah. Susie's going to treat it. She's not going to, you know, it's not like, for, call, it's not for a good, not like time, for a good call time call Susie. Susie. <laughs> no. Sorry, although, Susie. Although you may have a better time after you've talked to her. So, yes. But anyway, today I, I want to talk to you. You and I now share combined over a century of living. I'm 60, you're 55. I think I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> It's 115 years we've yeah. lived combined. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about the aging process. Because I, I met you when you were 22. I was <clears throat> 14 or 15 then. What was I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be Mr. Funny. Okay. No, okay. No, I was like, I don't know, in my later 20s. Far more mature man. Five um, years to be exact older <clears throat> than me. So if I was 22, you were 22. But we've known each other for our pretty much our entire adult lives mm -hmm. and we've seen each other evolve and change and like that. And I was just thinking about this, uh, actually it was just recently and, and it was, uh, we were talking, I, I think it was, you guys did a podcast on aging or I, anyway, whatever it was, I, I, I realized that every time I look in the mirror, I'm always surprised that there's this old fart standing there, right? With gray hair and his beard. Like, and, Where'd you come from? Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, who's standing in my underwear? <laughs> But uh, I'm always surprised because I never see myself that way. I just don't see myself as this old guy. I'm, I, I still read three to five books a month. You know, we're running three businesses right now and raising three toddlers and three books, three toddlers, three businesses. Oh, my goodness. Something with threes. Anyway, uh, and, and still working out and, and doing it a lot smarter now for different reasons, of course. Uh, and I want to get into that with you as well. But uh, I honestly, like I've never known as much as I know now. I've never been as good at everything I do as I am now. So is this a program about your delusions? Or is this? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, let me tell you about me. Well, I've never been so good at everything in my life. As I've I never right been now. looked this good. I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not a program about Terry's delusions. 
but this is seriously about how it's going to be Buddy Lane's delusions as in a second. we age. It appear we do, we do we we know a lot well, like, more. We're all the wiser, obviously. Yeah, but I just don't feel old, and I, and I know with you, I mean, you're still beautiful. You, you're still modeling for me. We're we're setting up a shoot here sometime in the next week or two. Uh, you know, you we we just sh- did a shoot in Miami at a beautiful mansion there. Uh, so you're still modeling, and you're modeling with a girl that is what barely thirty. I know. Don't she remind me. Still had a soother, I think. <laughs> had to change your diaper halfway through the shoot, you know, and and yours for a different reason. But, <laughs> but no, but seriously, and I mean, you 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 look amazing. Your body looks amazing. Uh, I mean, you, you you're back in Vegas for a little while. You and Anna have been training together. You know, your body is changing already. So I, I look at this and I just don't see what I remember a 55 year old woman looked like when I was a kid. You know. And, oh, and so I, I wanted to talk to you about that whole concept of, of aging. And <clears throat> Anna and I talked about this before, and it really, really is a state of mind. It's, you know, when you think you're old, you know, you start acting old, right? And, but there's another physical truth to that. And, and what it is, is, you know, you reach this period of time. And if you look after your body, and if you look after your mind, you really, you just keep improving and keep improving until you decide you don't want to improve anymore. I, I want, and I know you care about how you look, but it's not like you're obsessed with it. Like, you know, you don't That's get surgeries and all most, that kind of, you right? know what I mean? That's like, what changes the most. You just become so much more comfortable with yourself in so many different ways. And the acceptance of, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't trade 50 something for 40 something or 30 something. No. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back. No, me Because neither. my level of certainty and confidence and, and just the wisdom that I now have. And I remember talking to a lady many, many years ago. I think I was in my early 30s and uh, she was a novelist. Oh. And Bobby Hutchinson. Bobby Hutchinson, yeah. And she was I, and, and honestly now I, I thought of her as an older woman I know me too but I, I'm not really certain how old she was when I thought that she was probably in her 50s I'm guessing mm-hmm. and she said at that time she said Elaine I wouldn't trade this for anything she says you you just this is the best time of your life and I'm looking at her thinking how could you even think that you're sitting there you're an old gray-haired woman why are you even saying this to me I get it now completely yeah and well um, if you went back to 30 you'd have you'd you'd be married to me again (laughs) that would be hell (laughs) i think this show is over (laughs) no but seriously i i I feel the same way like i go back and i just i I look at every stage of my life and there were lots of them and i enjoyed there were some of them were very painful and difficult but I, I, you know, if I ever, if I ever had to go back, I'd want to, again, the the old thing, you know, I'd like to know everything I know now. I'd want to be me going back right (laughs) Right. now like this. And that's the thing. Like, like when, when you're young, it's just, it's like everybody's out to prove something to the world and, and probably to themselves. But you get this point where like, yeah, don't you agree? Like you just absolutely, get- and and your mind, you're so busy trying to figure everything out and trying to be the best, or trying to be just obsessing about things that today I don't even know what all I was obsessing about every day, all day long. And who cares? And feeling empty or feeling voids or feeling like, oh, I need to have this and then I'll be happier. This person over here, he, you know, he's going to fill my void, and just just all these things that you think that you need in your life to make you happy, and 
I guess it all wraps up in the end to be, you know what, if I don't make me happy, nobody or nothing is going to make me happy. And that's, I think, where the biggest changes for me is all those things I busied with myself with and all the things I obsessed about, even in the fitness, in in the fitness uh, competition world, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was all a part of that. Every day is how your abs are looking. Is your six pack there? Is your butt high enough and round enough? And just everything you care about. And, you know, being obsessed with being in a relationship because you're feeling like if you don't, you you know, you'll feel too lonely. You'll be too scared. Am mm-hmm. I going to die alone? I need to have somebody to curl up to. And all the things that you think about or that you're obsessed about, it just, things just keep evolving in you and you change to the point where one day, you're just thinking, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> if, I'm I, good just the way I I'm am. I'm totally there right now. And what, what it is is that a lot of the stuff that I used to care about, I just don't care about it because it's just, it, there's there's no substance to it. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's it. Like I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, this philosophical rant here, but you, you know, we're fed this diet you know, through advertising and media and, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you live a better life. If you're rich, you live a better life. If you, you know, and the thing of it is, is that how many professional athletes have you and I known professional football players, baseball players, basketball players, you know, professional fighters, hockey players, and they're not happier necessarily, you know, and, and we've known plenty of rich people that are extremely wealthy and they're they're not necessarily happier either. Some, yes, exactly. And so you think that's going to be the brass ring, but it, and you got to be old to understand what the brass ring is, but, but you think that's going to be the ticket and, and you just become content. Like, like I'm happy with my family. My family is Anna and our three kids and Crystal and you and, really that's our world that's that's our whole world and then we've got some really good friends on the periphery of that darum you know obviously is part of the family um darum your boyfriend and and uh you you're just very very content with that and that's how i want to spend my day when i go and i curl up with my dogs it's meaningful time you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like you have interaction you take them for a walk you you want to see them have pleasures and stuff like that and it's not like well hurry up i gotta get this hurry up and have a piss you know i gotta go somewhere you know right you're not like that anymore you just stop and you just smell the roses and i wish i would have done that it's not a regret but it, it would be so nice really I'd, like. I'd, I'd, i want my i want these little kids that we're raising i want them to grow up and understand that enjoy the stuff that you can enjoy when you're 30 and not don't don't chase ghosts don't chase money don't chase cars don't chase women don't your guys or girls whatever it is you know your your happiness really really does come from within don't you think that's exactly it but uh, what mike mike question i guess is is why does it come to you and i mean this is how life is so backwards sometimes that's why we look back and go man if i knew if i knew then what i know now and that's that's not just a cliche you really do think if i really got it back then if i'd worked through a lot of my issues worked through some of my problems some of the the things that i carried with me from childhood all of that stuff i would have just been a lot more content a lot sooner because right now the way my life is i see the the seriousness of what's really real in life and Mm -hmm. so i no longer crave 
uh, I don't want for anything. I really well, don't. And, and the thing of it is, is, you know, you think, okay, fame, you know, that's going to be the answer. So, you know, you and I have both enjoyed that in the fitness industry on a, on a global scale. And it, it, it's not, it's not what it's all cracked up to be because of, of all the people that are your fans, over half of them can't wait to see you fall on your face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they can't wait. And then the thing of it is, is once you're like, now you're not competing anymore. You were one of the top, you know, you were the first IFBB figure pro to ever step foot on a competitive stage in 2002 or 2003 at the, at the first Arnold classic. Uh, you were a big deal back then. You were known globally. Well, now you do makeup for athletes and almost a hundred percent of them have no clue who you are. You know, yeah, no, I'd say no 95% do not know who I am. And right. And you were a big, 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 you're an icon in the industry. And to them, you're just the girl that does their makeup. And, and so you realize that that's all so hollow. Now there are still lots of fans and I've, <clears throat> I've still got lots of people that are interested in what I'm doing, but for the most part, uh, Nobody knows. Nobody cares. You know, and so you realize that fame thing. Like when it I can't retired, make you whole. You can't look at that. No, to when make I, you when I whole. retired from working for all the magazines, my phone. I used to get like 150 texts a day. I'd probably get 30 calls a day. And literally the day that I announced my retirement, <laughs> that went down to nothing. I mean, I got phone calls from I think maybe two or three people. And I got literally no text. I could have got rid of my phone and it wouldn't have mattered. That's and, crazy. And it never changed until I was doing something that, it, you know, was sort of in the public eye again. And then of course people want to be in contact again. And so, so I looked at it and I thought, okay, this fame thing is, that's an, that's an empty basket to chase. It right? really is. And money. We've, we've both had money. We've had a lot of money and we've both lost a lot of money and then you gain it back and you lose it and you gain it back. And that's the nature of money. It just comes and goes. Right. And, and so there's your, the times in my life when I've been the brokest have been the times when I've truly been the happiest. And it's not that they were, it's not that being broke made me happy. It's just that it changes your focus. Well, when you're broke, I mean, having money, it's a lot of work to have money, (laughs) right? Because everybody wants it. And Mm. so you got to try to hang on to it and you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. And then you're afraid of losing it. And, and it's just a lot of stress, you know? And so I realized through life's experience that money was not the be all and the end all. And then, and then, you know, it was friends. And, And so like at one time, you know, I was a, I was a cop, right? I was a SWAT cop and I loved it. And, you know, and, and then when I left the department, literally it was like 15 years and I never heard from anybody. And then all of a sudden, you know, people started looking me up and like that, right? And, but those guys that literally you put your life on the line for, most of them could care less. Like they just went on with their life, right? And so it's just like, okay, so yeah, it was a great job, but it was a job. And that was it. It wasn't my whole entire life. And then got into the fitness industry and the say, and that, that's just it. When you, there was an old cop that said something once and he said, kid, when you leave here, you're going to leave as much of a void as you would if you pulled your hand out of a pail of water. <laughs> he was so and he right. couldn't be so right. And it wasn't just police work. It's just everything and anything you get involved with, right? Isn't that how life goes? You know, that you all of the things, like as looking back, like you just did, all of the things that we had put so much stock into, yeah. thinking that that was it, turn out to be so fickle and so unfulfilling in, in essence. Right. And, and so you learn after a while to just go with what your heart is and where's your passion and, and, and really do, this do just that hit me after job. 50, after 50, I think my, my, all of my interests changed in, um, e- you know, even, even getting ready for a photo shoot or, or doing any modeling, my, 
there's a lot of passion gone now for certain things Mm -hmm. because my focus is so different. I see the needs in the world that Mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't so focused on when it was me, 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 you know, and you could only see what was right in front of your face. Uh, The need out there for, for something real. I find I get the most joy in my life out of finding people who need something, especially the people in my life, giving to people that I love. Um, and you do a lot of making that. I mean, sure that people are happy. As, I would say from the outside, that's just, you, you love doing makeup and you're so incredibly good at it. That's your artistic outlet. But that's, you know, you work very, very hard the days you're doing it. Some days are like 16 hour mm, days, some yeah. are longer uh, and you don't get breaks. You don't get lunch breaks. It's client, client, client for every half hour for that whole period of time. But then you get a few days off in between shows, right? You usually work on the weekends and the rest of the time is spent. I mean, look at your day today. You took Crystal because she had to go. She wanted to give blood and she was tied up for three hours. You sat in the parking lot for three hours for this girl. Right. Who does that? <laughs> you know, and, and outside of that, you're, you know, all the other stuff you did today for, for us, for the kids, for, and that's really what you do is you really, really do serve. And, uh, and so you found it's that fulfilling. in your passion. It's fulfilling because uh, something happened again, over 50, I think something happened with the way I uh, healed. Mm-hmm. And in my own, in my own life, I healed so much of that past childhood pain that I carried with me for a lifetime. And we all do until we decide that, you know what, I'm not that hurt child anymore. And I went and, you know, and I, I feel like that now that I'm not hurting, Mm -hmm. I feel so good inside. I feel like I really do truly love myself for the first time in my whole life. And that took to my fifties to get to that point. It shouldn't. But it did for me. That's just my but personal that's experience. that's chasing external stuff. And, right. and I, I agree with you. When I took a focus to serve, to truly serve as well, that's, you just find peace with yourself because you're not, because you're not focusing on the yourself. The rest of the time you feel like an time. imposter. You yeah, know? yeah. Like I you know, I true. got into fighting and I just like, okay, I like fighting, but you know, you're not the best guy in the world or whatever, but you're a fighter. This is what you do. But it was just like, okay, but that's not, there's so much of that that I disagree with. You know, that's not the best way to resolve every conflict in the world and stuff like that. It's just a fun sport. But so you feel like a bit of an imposter, you know, as a photographer. Okay, yeah, I'm a photographer and I've shot lots of people, lots of famous people, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'm not the best photographer in the world. You know, I, I don't know if anybody can actually call themselves that. It's a, it's a subjective thing. But, you know, I, I do that and I just feel like an imposter. And, and there's so much stress trying to maintain that level. You know that as an athlete. Right. You get there and then you got to maintain it. And, and it's just, it's Especially very Especially when you're doing things that are in the public eye or that other people are going to be judging you or either right. choosing- Measuring your worth. Or measuring your worth, choosing measuring your, your worth. work or not choosing your yeah. work. And then and you, those little comments, you know, the people, you know, the keyboard warriors, you know, hidden right. in their closet doing whatever they're doing, trashing other people, trolling people, you know, those things make a mark. You know, if yeah, you're a person that cares, how strong you think you are, they're going to affect you somehow because yeah. we all do aim to please and we all do want to be the best at something. But I think that I just care less and less. But um, when you start serving people is my point is right. in, and you've been the best example in my life of somebody that truly serves. But when you start serving people, you can't take that away. You can't minimize that in any way. And you've made a lifetime that's your lifetime commitment to service to others. You, every friend, 
you're the best friend anybody could ever want. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, if you need something, Elaine is always there and she'll do everything she can to, to help you out with whatever your problem is. Right. And you truly care. I mean, this morning, uh, you slept and you woke up and said, I had a rough night last night because, you know, I was just thinking about all these people in my life that I want to help and I just can't help them right now. And like, Two in the morning. <laughs> right. But I'm thinking, you know, wow. But the truth is, is when you help somebody like that, whether they're grateful or not, they can't forget it. And you can't forget it. And you can't forget the good that you create from that. And you can't take that away. You know, it's, it's like graduating high school. You can't take that away. You can't ungraduate, right? right. Uh, and so it's like that when you serve other people, you really, I think the key is, is you get outside of yourself. That's the, that's the key right there. And you there. stop feeling sorry for yourself, yeah, measuring exactly. yourself, exactly. You, you know, comparing Your yourself changes. It's not just about you. Right. And when you do give and, and whether people really truly appreciate it or not, you feel like that comes back to you tenfold. You really do. Mm-hmm. Because if your heart's in the right place and you choose to serve, then it's not always about you. And it actually takes a lot of pressure off. And I remember feeling sometimes so overwhelmed and, and depressed and just so heavy. And I would just click into a mode where I thought, okay, if I reach out and try to inspire somebody else or make somebody else feel good right now, that's probably going to make me feel good too. And in essence, it does. And giving is just something that I have found that is more rewarding than, than a lot of other things that I've done in my life. And uh, as, as I get, I wouldn't, okay, as I get older mm-hmm. or as I'm, you know, get more mature and as I get all the wiser um, and the more comfortable I am with me, the more willing I am to selfless, selflessly give, mm-hmm. but also the people that I have in my life have changed because I only, you only keep like-minded people in your life and you really do surround yourself with people that are more like you, the mm-hmm. wiser you get. Mm-hmm. So that's, you, you end up, do, you, you might end up getting rid of a lot of the friends and or mm-hmm. relationships that you have because they're not, not that they're not just giving back because, you know, you do expect people to, you know, reciprocate in your life, you know, in any relationship. But I do think that I'm surrounded now at this point in my life with some of the best people I've ever known. I give to them, but they also give back to me. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm so content with myself and I actually love myself, and I think I'm a pretty good person, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can honestly say that. I, I would have never even thought of saying that before because it sounds like bragging. But mm-hmm. no, I'm a pretty good person. And I think that in the end, I'm going to surround myself with people that only the people that can enhance my life. Mm-hmm. And so that has gotten rid of so much drama because look at the relationships we choose in our twenties and our thirties and mm-hmm. even in our forties. How the many mistakes that we choose have I made? The reasons that we chose those relationships yeah. is the key. If you have some issues of your own that you need to deal with, then go deal with your issues. Yeah. Don't choose all the wrong people to try to fill all these no, and I, I, voids. I, I kind of have to chuckle on that point. That's a really good point. And I kind of have to chuckle because you'll, I know a lot of people, and I was certainly one of those people myself, where I would complain about the people in my life, <laughs> but I chose those people in my life, and I chose them because there was something there that rounded me out or that I felt comfortable with. What it was is though they're more a reflection of my shortcomings or my struggles or... You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And, and they now they mirror a, that. Yeah. Exactly. I'm at the, a lot the same place where you're at. And, and really having the 
the kids, the foster kids. Becoming a foster parent, um, you, you can't be a good, I don't think you can be a good parent, period, foster or not, uh, if you're self-focused. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to be the parent your kids need you to be. Uh, with foster kids, it becomes so much more complex and so many more layers because there's trauma and issues. And then you've got kids from different families that got different traumas. And so they're triggering each other. Like it's just, it's, it's a handful, you know, it's a lot. And you have if you're a self, clearer slate in other, they take in order so to deal much with time things. that if you're self-focused, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're not taking care of your kids. And, right. and so you just, it's such a whirlwind of stuff going on. You know, the van, we just came back from the gym tonight and they were all excited because they had taken some classes there and they're, they're all trying to talk at the same time. And Crystal's in the van. She's got her headphones on because she wants to shut out the kids, but she's <laughs> listening to music and singing the music. So she's like, Rocks, ah, you know, <laughs> and I'm looking at it and go like, okay, this is like a circus. Right? What a zoo. Oh, but that's the thing. You can't think about yourself because there's just such a constant demand of needs. But when you stop fighting it and just start meeting those needs for them and you see them develop and grow, you just, there's nothing like this. But that only comes with maturity, don't you think? Like if you're going to seriously stop thinking about yourself and looking at just your own needs all the time and you watch these children, the big ones and the little ones, and you see what they really need and see how important it is that what you're giving them is so pure. And and I think what happens there is, is I think it's self-esteem. It is. It's my opinion. I think when we're young, we do all sorts of things to overcompensate for our lack of self-esteem. Exactly. When like a guy like me, I was a tough guy, you know, so I was fighting all the time. That's all I ever did. Fought many times a week, as many times a week as I could, whenever I could find a fight, I'd have a fight. Well, when I was a kid, I was bullied all the time and I was terrified and totally a victim. And so I was overcompensating Mm -hmm. for that. Right. Uh, You know, if you're not attractive or whatever in high school and then, you know, you blossom into something else and like you, you used to get teased. This is so funny. You used to get teased because you had big lips. I know they Mick called Jagger me lips. Mick Jagger, and I was I was kind of a skinny kid at, at one point. I was called Mick Jagger because yeah. I was a skinny kid with big lips, and I had that. And like, remember fluffy when you went like back his. to your high school reunion, and everybody would look like they're your. They all looked like, like your they were my parents. Yeah. It was it was so bizarre to me. I, I actually it wasn't registering. And they that had these to be kicking the themselves. Kids in the that butt. I went to school with, and I looked. Uh, 10 and 20 years younger than some of them. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever yeah. seen. But I followed a fitness lifestyle and, you know, took But here's care this myself. girl who goes on to be a fitness supermodel, a fitness icon, you know, and you got teased because your lips. Yeah. And, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> they weren't in style yet because this was in the <laughs> 60s and 70s, right? In the 70s. But it's just, uh, it, like there's those things I think that get imprinted on us when we're young mm-hmm. uh, by people that are significant people in our life. And either it's parents, grandparents, family members, whatever it is. And then when you get a little bit older, it becomes your peer group. And uh, like you were also teased about your lips, you're teased about your eyes, you know? And so that kind of stuff stuck with you for a long, long time. Right. I thought I was a pretty ugly person. Right. And it's funny because it all boils down to self-esteem when you think about it. What you lack in self-esteem, you're just searching for something to compensate mm-hmm. the way you feel. And that's why we make so many bad choices, right. you know, because until you truly can look at yourself and say, you know what? I like myself just the way I am because mm-hmm. it's not just about how we look, you know, although we do always try to take care of ourselves, it's not about that. And I've never felt so balanced and happy Mm -hmm. and content and 
peaceful in my whole life as I do over 50. And I got to agree. I mean, I've, I've never cared less about what other people think about me. That, that's than the, I than right now because I could care less. That's the biggest thing though because that's tied to your self esteem. Self esteem is something we seek. We seek acceptance from others, and I we don't. We can never it, do a podcast in our thirties. I can never know. Too self conscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I I don't care what people think about me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they, you know. And and I'll be real honest with people. You know, if I see. If I see something is terribly wrong and these people, you know, they know that I care about them deeply. Mm-hmm. I just tell it like it is. I don't even yep. sugarcoat things anymore. And if, if you don't like the way it's coming out, I'm sorry, go take some time and process it. Cause it's not coming out any smoother <laughs> than that. It just, because to us, it's so blatant Right. That, to fix it. It's so blatant. What you're seeing is so blatant. Now they don't see it yet. So we should probably show maybe a tiny bit of compassion, but Really, it's so clear now. Everything mm-hmm. is so clear. I mean, look at the guy I chose in my life. He's the most laid back person I think Darum I've ever met in my amazing. life. Love Darren. I spend most of my time away from him. And yeah, he misses me, but we're both fine because mm-hmm. we're we're so okay. He's a very confident person. He's so okay with himself. I'm so okay with myself. So I'm just living such a peaceful existence now. I have zero drama in my life unless there's a kid crying about something in the background <laughs> and you think, okay, I guess there's the drama. But you get the room way, way at the front of the yeah, house well, so you can't God hear anything anyway. You're not in our room. We got a <laughs> monitor in there. There's no monitor in my room and there never will We're be. not getting any sleep this but, week. I don't know what's going on with these kids. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> it's shaking my confidence. I think I want to go get rich. <laughs> <laughs> never mind this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Forget the podcast. <laughs> No, but I think that's a lot of it. I think self-confidence. And and so the more we can, you know, and, you know, on that topic, we're learning so much about um, neuroscience and kids and raising mm-hmm. kids and, and learning. Well, that's what saved my well, life. We see all the mistakes in how we were raised. I mean, but that's all they knew, right? But now we understand the science better and it's more like, oh, okay, now I can see why I do this. And, and, and so it's really learning about the kids is helping Anna and I heal ourselves. And I know you're, we can include you yes, in there as well, Definitely. but giving our kids a better chance and not being afraid to build their confidence. You know, that was a thing with you. Uh, that, you know, you don't want your kids to get a big head so you don't give them any confidence. And yeah. and what you do is you create a very, very miserable life for a person that never feels like they measure up and they're always chasing rainbows that, you know, end up being Everything gets not squashed, fulfilling. basically. Yeah. You got to wait till they're 50. But anyway, um, confidence. Put confidence into each other. I mean, even in our marriage, you know, this is something that Anna and I, uh, with the kids, everything gets pretty crazy. And we had to stop and say, okay, listen, we're not, we're functioning and we're putting the least amount of energy into our marriage right now. And we need to talk to each other differently. We need to instill confidence in each other and in our, in our. Because when you barely have time, you have to spend that little time speaking some pretty, you know, voluminous. Can you get this? Okay. Don't do that with the kids. Okay. Listen, don't. Okay. Well, like everything's very utilitarian. Right. And it's not necessarily mean, like we don't call each other names and yell at each other. No, but you have to take the time for those extra little, a little kiss. You don't feel special. No, you don't. Sometimes I wish I was a dog because the dogs get their ears scratched. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. You know, I don't get any of that anymore. Right. Uh, But, but uh, no, seriously, seriously though. But that's the thing we talked about is, is, you know, we have to, we have to, it's our job to build our kids up. It's our job to build each other up. 
And I think that's an important thing in relationships, even when you're a full adult, that you, it's very, very important when you create an inadequacy in somebody that's going to come out in a way that's going to hurt you as well as that person. But I think what fixes that the fastest is when you first look at yourself and go fix yourself first. Yeah. Don't, don't be focusing on everybody around you, how they're annoying you, because honestly, go look in the mirror for, for a good day. And you'll forget about all those people you thought annoyed you your own and you'd realize, you, you know what, I'm the problem. Yep. I can fix this, this, and this, and then that person's probably going to respond differently. Right. And so it's all about your own confidence, working on yourself. And I've taken a lot of time this past several years just to work on me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I just, honestly, I've just never felt better. And the best way, serving other people. Bingo. I got to agree. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a... Uh, a real pleasure talking with you, Elaine. I always like doing podcasts with you. We need to do more. I know you do a lot with Anna over at the the, the Blessed Podcast. Blessed Podcast. Yes. There's a, a whole litany of podcasts that Elaine and Anna stuff over there. Give them a listen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast.